Welcome to A Life Invested, a podcast dedicated to helping you create the lifestyle of your dreams by investing in people, assets, and yourself. I'm your host, Roger Comstock. All right, my friends, welcome, welcome back to A Life Invested. It's been a couple weeks. It's been really, really busy. And so uh, I feel very grateful to have um, this exceptional woman on our show today. Her name is Laura Castleman, and she has done so much with her life. It's so cool. She was a... uh, Oh, I'm just going to read her intro. It's so good. So from a one-stop one uh, light town to Radio City Rockette, she's a dancer in New York, to tech CEO and entrepreneur, Laura Castleman believes big achievements happen one small step at a time. I love that. She's the CEO of JV Zoo, co-founder of Vita Street, or Vita Street and the author of Trust Your Increments. Her companies have been on the Inc. 5000 list four times. Huge, huge congratulations. That is remarkable, truly. It's amazing. Tell us and all of the listeners how you got to be where you are today, Laura. Well, just as my book says, um, small, consistent steps, I, as a child, would plan big goals and I would just always break them down. Like I said, I grew up in a one-stoplight town in the middle of South Carolina, so it was hard to imagine myself being a Radio City Rocket in New York, but I knew I was going to do it. And so I just broke it down into small steps and I worked my plan. From the time I was three years old, I worked my plan, started working professionally at 16, became a wreck at later. And even after I went to my first audition and was told I was not tall enough, I still found a way to become a rocket by working my plan. That is so cool. And I love this framework of small, consistent steps in order to get where you want to go. I think a lot of times people overwhelm themselves thinking mm-hmm. that they've got to do everything right now. Um, if you don't mind for the listeners, can you break down what that looked like for you? Because it sounds like uh, you had some opposition that got in the way of your goals, people saying, hey, you weren't tall enough or whatever mm-hmm. it may be, but you were able to push past those. How did you do it? So for me, I always am like, no, this is what I'm going to do. No matter what, I have always been great with the word no. You can tell me no. I understand your rules. I will play by your rules, but this is also my life. And it's my one chance to live my life and accomplish the things I want to accomplish. And I absolutely refuse to be the person sitting you know, at the, the end of the, the line and thinking, I wish I would have done that. I wanted to do that so badly and I never did. I just never want those words to come out of my mouth. So when I say I'm going to do something and it takes me a minute, like I don't just go th- carelessly throwing things out. I really think on them. I decide, do I want to do them or not? I bounce ideas a lot of times off friends and family. And then when I make the decision and I declare it, I am going to do it. So I will find a way. I never want to be overwhelmed by my goals. I just want to work the plan. And this was something that I'm not sure how I knew at a young age, but I seem to have always known how to do this. So I, I made the plan when I was three for how I was going to become a rockette. I took the dance classes. I joined a performing group when I was in the fourth grade. When I was finally old enough to join a cast, I was 16 years old and I was performing in a show and being paid for it. You know, I was always working my plan to become a rocket. And the moment that I was old enough to realize I was never going to retire and open a dance studio, I started planning the next thing I wanted to do. And I realized I wanted to run companies. I started educating myself and working my plan so that when I retired from dancing, I stepped into my first executive position of a national chain of physical therapy offices. Wow. That is amazing. Uh, There's a guy named John Greenleaf Whittier, and he says, of all sad words of tongue or pen, the saddest are these, it might have been. And so I loved what you yeah. said, right? Like once you make up your mind to do something, you're going to go, go and get it. And that's, 
that's amazing that you were able to figure out at three years old that you wanted, that you were able to be so clear about what you wanted your life to look like. Tell, tell the listeners why you decided to switch from this um, dancing career in New York to becoming a businesswoman. So for me, I just didn't want to own a studio. I didn't want to teach dance. I did that while I was, you know, climbing the ladder of my corporate, I mean, actually of my dance career. I was teaching dance um, for extra money. And I just thought like, I, I enjoy this, but it's not what I want to do. I want to get dancing out of my system performing so that I'm never a stage mom because I, I watch stage moms all the time force their children into things they hated. And I was just so fortunate to not have that from my parents. And I thought I'm going to watch this, learn from this, not repeat that behavior that I'm seeing other parents doing. I'm going to get this out of my system and let it go. And I did. I danced until the day came where I was at an audition. I was a current rockette. I was at an audition and I just was like, I don't belong here anymore. And I remember that day and it just sitting in my soul so comfortably. And I walked out and I started applying for executive positions because I had the resume that I had been building and I was there. And it's not from not working. Trust me. It's a lot of work. I have put in a lot of hours, a lot of work, but it's also things I enjoy doing. I make checklists, to-do lists every day. I plan out my year. I plan out my quarters. I plan out my days. And I mean, I'm a dopamine junkie. I cannot say I'm not. I check off my list all day long. And every check mark, I get a little like internal pat on my back. You know, I'm like, go Laura. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. Um, routines are so important too, in getting where you want to go in life. And it sounds like you've got something that works really, really well for you. For people that are currently listening and are trying to figure out um, what routines they can follow in order to follow your lead, right? And being able to do what you've been able to do. Because again, that move from being being a dancer to a highly successful businesswoman uh, probably required a lot of getting uncomfortable, doing things that yeah. were brand new. And so what routines do you currently follow um, during your day that you're planning out? So the biggest thing is to show up for yourself. I think it's so easy for people. And I'm going to say also parents, because parents become accustomed to putting themselves last to their children. And it's so important, no matter if you're a parent or not, to show up for yourself. If you say you're going to do something, do it for yourself. It's easy, like with workouts, right? We say, I'm going to work out. I'm going to do this five times a week. And then Wednesday, we're exhausted. And so we don't show up for ourselves. The other day, I had a massive mishap. I was driving my child to school. I was almost to work. Well, I work out like where I work. So I was almost to work where I was going to work out. And I'm talking up a storm to my daughter. And I realized I'm still talking to my daughter. I never dropped her off at school. So then I got way behind in my schedule, turning around, getting stuck in traffic, getting her to school, coming back. And I could have very easily said, I'm not going to work out. And instead, I looked at my schedule. I thought, OK, my first meetings that start. I don't have to have video on, so I don't have to be showered for, and I've got time to work out. And I showed up for myself. I got my workout in. I came huffing and puffing to my first call, but it was fine. <laughs> you know, everything got done that day, and I didn't shower until 2.30, but I didn't let myself down. And I think that's rule number one. Don't let yourself down. Followed closely by understanding that failure is part of the process. If you got everything right the first time, every time I think that would be terrifying. I'm not sure what you would learn. I'm not sure how you would grow. And so many people accept failure as the end of their sentence. 
I just refuse to do that. Failure is part of my process. And I have failed a million and one ways. And yet I have accomplished so much because I refuse to stop when I fail. That is uh, an incredible perspective and paradigm about failure. I agree completely. I wish it was something that we were conditioned to uh, embrace, right, in our lives instead of feel like it's a it's a bad thing or a wrong thing. Um, Children are. Children are. Really? We beat it out of them. Life beats it out of them. This embarrassment by the time they're becoming adolescents and they don't make their first sport tryout or they do poorly at school and get fussed at for, you know, by their parents for not doing well enough. We do it to our children and we have to stop doing it to our children. And as adults, we have to look back and say, that was silly, except that it was silly and except that we can do better for ourselves. Well, I love that perspective. Uh, what are you doing as a parent with your, with your child to instill that idea or perspective about, about failure that you just explained? So she's two and a half and there are a couple of things that we do. Every single day on the ride to school, I go over who loves her. I started doing this before she could even talk. And I just want her to know her support system. Because if mommy's not there, who is there? Because we all need a friend. We don't have to have a lot of friends. We don't have to have a big network of people that we can instantly reach out to in the middle of the night or whenever we need someone. We have to have at least one person. So we go over, if I'm not there, who is there? And then there was this amazing moment where I was driving her to school. She was now in the place where she could talk. And I said, who loves you? And she started listing herself first. And I was so proud because if we don't love ourselves and we don't care for ourselves, you know, we're just setting ourselves up for failure in life. The world already wants to knock us down. We've got to stand up for ourselves and be our own biggest cheerleaders. But also, I don't, you know, I don't fuss when she makes mistakes. We talk about them. And she'll repeat back to me now, or before I say it, she'll say, I know, mama, no rush. Don't hurry. No big deal. <laughs> Which I just wanted to know, hey, we, we didn't get it right this time. No big deal. Let's do it again. I really, really love that. And I think um, that will serve her so well throughout life. There's, I can't remember who said it, but it's such a great idea. They said anything worth doing is worth doing poorly or bad right in the beginning. <laughs> and I think, I think so many of us feel like if we're going to do something, we have to do it right the first time. And I loved what you just explained. It would, it would be such a bummer if that were the case, because we would miss out on all of the learning and the experiences that um, we really get to uh, use to become better if uh, we didn't go through this process of growth and progression. I think the, the views at the top of a mountain are so meaningful and uh, good because of the work required to get there. Uh, I, I, I think that's super, super powerful. You must have a deep why behind what you're you're currently doing what would you say that your why currently is oh currently my, my why is to make things for women and business better so that my daughter is not fighting the same fight that i battle that is when i think about it and i think about currently we're 230 years out from equal pay hmm. my grandchildren won't even be paid equally if they're female. That's mind blowing, right? So for me, I always wanted to show up for myself. Like I said, I never wanted to look back on my life and think, I wish I'd done that. But now I think, why would I not fix as many things as possible so that my daughter's not battling the same exact things that I am? 
I, I think, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a really, really powerful, um, belief system, right? Especially, especially because, uh, you're, you're participating in a movement that's really important. Right. And I think more, I mean, money's great, but way more important than money is being able to make a positive dent or impact in the world. And I love that that's what you're doing. I think that's, um, respectable. It's, it's, it's an amazing thing. Tell us a little bit about your book and why you decided to write it and kind of what some of the principles are. Sure. So trust your increments is about how small consistent steps can lead to massive success. I started just writing a business book. That was my goal. Started writing a business book a little bit at a time because I found myself regurgitating the same information over and over again to consulting clients. And I didn't have a plan of going out and getting a publisher and selling my book. I was just going to have this compilation of information that I could easily share with clients without constantly retyping it. And then when the idea came to like, hey, maybe I should do more with this, I started getting feedback from other people. Hey, how do you like this? So, you know, are you interested in this? Do you think other people would be interested in it? And what I heard over and over again from the women in business that I know is that you're leaving out a huge thing that we deal with. And it was true. And I think it's really important to note that I am not against any men. <laughs> yeah, I'm a huge fan of men. I think any man that has a, a mother, a sister, a friend that's a female, a daughter, can look at that person and say, I have witnessed something that is unacceptable happen to this person. And I do think it's the right thing to do to stand up against those types of behavior. So that's all I'm saying. When when I and other women that I was dealing, you know, reaching out to that were giving me the feedback, were saying, hey, you've got to address these things. Because one of the things that they have always said to me is that you are always so positive. And that doesn't mean all day long I am. Like I have moments where I slam my fist down on my desk and I, you know, yell four letter words, usually, you know, the F word, it's my favorite word. Um, <laughs> and I have a moment, but I don't let it ruin my day. I don't, no one gets that much of my time to negatively impact it. I'm in control of that. So I reworked the book and started including things of like, hey, how do you go through this? How do you not let it tear you down? And how do you change it? Because that's really what it's about. If we don't change it and if we can't impact the poor behavior and much of which many people don't even realize they're doing. Like one of the things I see common in business settings is that a male will interrupt a female and say, I think what she's trying to say, hmm. mm, she knows exactly what she's trying to say. Just let her finish. Um, <laughs> so just little things like that and just being aware and letting someone speak and then giving them credit when it's their great idea and use and you're using it. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what, what are some of the things that you're, you're doing to advocate for kind of like the, the pay gap that has occurred uh, either currently or in the past? So in my companies, it's a really fun thing that we do. I, I find it fun. We know what we're, you know, the range in which we can pay. So when we're hiring, we post the range you know the range you're applying for if you apply to work with us. And then after all the interviews are done, I'm the final interview always. And I I usually ask the person we're interviewing, one, what are your questions? Have you asked them all? Do you know if, you ex if we make you an offer and you accept the offer, what you're getting into? And are you sure this is the right fit for you? So I let them ask me as many questions as possible because I feel like all the questions of them have been asked by then. 
And then the second thing is, okay, what do you want to be paid? Because if you're going to name your salary to me and it's within that range that I posted, you're setting your own bar and you're going to jump to it each day. I'm not telling you as a male or a female what you're going to be paid. You're telling me. Now, if you repeatedly fall short of that, I'm going to have to let you go. But you're setting your own bar. You're jumping to it each day. I didn't tell you your worth. You told me. Wow, that's a, what a cool process and standard operating procedure for your, for your companies. Hiring is really challenging. It's a tough thing to yeah. do to find the right people. And so I think that's a great way to be able to do it. That way they're kind of labeling themselves as individuals that are committing to do what they said they were going to do, uh, whether they're male or female, which I absolutely love. I think that's super important. Uh, tell us just a little bit about your company. So JVZoo is a software company um, and you've been on the, the Inc. 5000 four times. Congratulations. That's that's amazing. Well, what's, what is JVZoo? Thank you. JVZoo is an online marketplace and an affiliate network. So if you have a product that you'd like to sell, you can come and list it on our platform. And we have over a million affiliates that can request to promote that product for you for a percentage of the cost of the product. Wow. So, that's amazing. Yeah, it's it's really great. It's a fun place to work. It's It's cool because we have a great synergy as well with our users. We don't make money unless our users make money. So we are genuinely invested in helping their businesses grow. And I find that just to be a real cool synergy. It's a good energy all around. Are you finding that the the people that you're partnering with or that utilize the platform are primarily product-based or is it also services that are being offered? Yes, it's a good it's a good mix of both. We do a lot of software as well, but there's so many services, so many coaching programs. So it's it's cool to see. Yeah, that's amazing. That is really, really cool. And how did you get that idea? So not my idea. I'm the CEO of their company. They brought me in about their third year. I came on as awesome. a consultant. Yes. And then within a year's time, I had become their COO and then taken over the CEO position. And tell the listeners a little bit about that progression. Um, was that nerve wracking <laughs> to, to be put in that spot or was it something you felt like I'm totally prepared for? Um, I did feel prepared the way the way the company did it. I was not prepared for I, <laughs> I was given the title, like without knowing I was going to be given the title. There were no discussions around it. It was publicly announced and like, whoa, hey, we haven't talked about my contract, guys. Surprise. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. So that part was like kind of like whiplash. But other than and it happened like days before I had planned a two week um, tour of Europe. So it was kind of like, oh, this is fun that I'm in a different location in Europe on my computer, not looking at anything in Europe. But all in all, it's been so great. I love, I love this company. I love the people that are involved in this industry. And we get to do some really cool things. We get to help out other businesses and those businesses go and help other people and individuals out. And especially since the pandemic, we've seen more and more people try to figure out how to work from home. And you can do that using JVZoo. You can just have a great idea and a PDF. And like I said, we've got over a million affiliates. Even if only 30 people want to go sell it for you, you now have a team of 30 salespeople selling your great idea. Yeah, that is amazing. So everybody go check out uh, JVZoo, especially if you've got a product or a service that you're wanting to offer. That's amazing. And if people want to be able to follow you and learn more about what mm -hmm. uh, you're doing and uh, where you've been, what's the best place for them to be able to do that? Uh, my website, laurakasselman.com. Awesome. So laurakasselman.com, you can learn a little bit more about where she's been and what she's uh, what she's up to. Trust your increments um, right now. 
it sounds i haven't read the book yet and i cannot wait to read it it sounds like it's um amazing i mean really really well thought out i i'm currently writing a book as well and it's a challenging process and so i want to talk to you a little bit about what you went through because it sounds like you had finished um a good portion of the book and you uh and this kind of goes back to the the first thing we talked about when it came to being willing to fail and pivot right because you started writing it and then you received some feedback and it sounds like you kind of reapproached what you were going to be doing inside the book and maybe did that a couple of times. Mm-hmm. How did you finally put your kind of stamp of approval on the book when it was finished and say, okay, like we're, we're good to go. Well, I wouldn't recommend what I did. I sat on it for um, over a year. I, um, I, I got pregnant and then the pandemic hit right after I found out I was pregnant and I kind of was just like, you know, nervous. I didn't know what was going on. None of us did. Right. And suddenly I had this other life I needed to be protecting. And so to protect it, I had to protect myself. And I also just was like, focus on getting your companies that are in existence through this pandemic and taking care of your employees. And once I knew that everything was okay, everyone was safe and my daughter was safely in the world, then I started pitching my book and was surprised at how quickly the book got picked up and excited to get it out in the world. We we launched um, March 7th. We hit Wall Street Journal bestsellers. It's been it's been a really cool ride. Yeah, that is that is cool. That's really um yeah, that's a special experience, I'm sure for you to be able to have something that started here and then watch it just blow up. That's that's amazing. Um so so with this process when you had uh you know, you'd been writing and you decided to pivot and take all of this advice um, what what allowed you to finally say, hey, I'm like, this is what I want to to put out to the world? What allowed you to finally say the book is done? Well, I wrote it like it says in increments. So each section cool. is an in increment. I didn't stress over like I'm sitting down to attack this big project. Yeah. I just wrote it in incremental steps. I put it all together. It can be read in increments. There's no like I have to read chapters one and two before I read chapter three. You can flip to the section that you need. You can read that se- section and put it away until you need it again. And it was all very intentional in that respect. So. I love it. I, abs- I absolutely uh, yeah, love the idea. There's there's a great book I'd recommend to all of the listeners right now that sounds like it would partner really well with, with Trust Your Increments called The Compound Effect. Uh, yes. It's Stellar by Darren Hardy. Um, I love, I love what Laura just shared because when you, the idea to me of writing a book was something I never, uh, thought I would want to participate in, right? Like English was not something that I loved in college and the idea of writing like a 500 page or 500 word, excuse me, document just terrified me. And so, um, I love this idea of just kind of taking it one page at a time, right? Sitting down and saying the, the idea of writing a book is challenging, but I can definitely write a page and then doing that same thing over and over again. And eventually you get a book which is so it's cool. True. Yeah. It's and so one cool. of the things that I would do as well is even when I was driving, if I would have an idea and I was like, this is the section I want to write, I would just voice record it. I love that. And so it was turning the voice into text and then I could just send it to be edited because it was already there. What a great idea. Yeah. To be able to capture those things. I think, I think this whole principle is just insanely important for people getting where they want to go in life and accomplishing really, really big things. I always tell people to dream big, but to act small. So to take small steps, it's like, if you're going to climb a mountain, if you look at the mountain, it's, it's, uh, daunting, right? Especially if it's, it's a, 
a, a, a tall one, right? It can be challenging to be able to think of getting to the top. But if you just say, all I need to do is put one foot in front of the other. If you're willing to do that over a period of time, you're going to, you're going to get there. And that's where the best views are too, which is uh, just so, so important. I want to ask you something that I think is interesting to hear from people that we've had on the show. Mm-hmm. Everybody defines happiness and success so differently. And so I would love to learn from you is how do you define both of those things? Let's start with happiness. And then how do you define success? So I love that you asked me this question because one of the things I talk deeply about in the book is that success is how you define it. It is personal. It is no one else's definition of success. It is your own. So I think that's wildly important because so many people think they're not successful when they're doing exactly what they want to be doing in life because by someone else's standard, they don't have a corner office or they don't make this amount of money. The amount of money that one makes, unless that's deeply personal and you believe I must make this amount does not define what success is to you. So success is personal. I know for me to be successful, it is for me to never, ever give up on the things that I want. And that's the things I want constantly evolve. I constantly check off my list. I'm always amazed when I look back at what I've done. And yet in the moment, I'm always like, I have so much more to do. So that that's, you know, my definition of success is just to, to not give up on myself and to never accept a no or a failure for, for what I'm working on at the time. As far as happiness, happiness to me is having connections with the people that I care about having great relationships with them. And and that sometimes includes saying I'm sorry or I was wrong when I don't even necessarily know what I was wrong about, but I I clearly know something went wrong. And so owning that until we can talk about it and work it out and just being able to afford to spend quality time with the people that I love. I I like that. I love both of those definitions. And the reason that I asked is because it's something that in life, if people aren't careful, they'll they'll constantly be chasing but never experiencing, right? Mm-hmm. Which like, you seem like a very happy person. Um, and I love that. It's probably, it, it stems primarily, I'd imagine, from your vantage point and paradigm. You see the world in a very positive way and you recognize yeah. that failure is something that allows us to grow and to develop. But some people um, let their internal um, state be completely determined by what's happening externally. And so they say, hey, when I get all of this money, then I'm going to be happy, right? Or when this happens, then I'm going to be able to feel this way. It's it's interesting. There's a book. It's so good. It's called uh, The Happiness Advantage. And the whole idea is that yeah. it, people don't become uh, happy when they're successful, quote unquote. They're actually much more successful when they first choose to be happy, right? Mm-hmm. And it's something that we can experience every single day instead of this destination that we're always striving to get to. It's, it's something that... Uh, we get to enjoy and uh, kind of let just be a part of everything that we do. And so I, I love that you shared that. I really, really like that uh, you mentioned those things. So thank you very, very much. Uh, what what three people have inspired you to be able to do what you're doing today? Oh, so I'm going to, I'm going to lump in my parents as one. Um, I have had a great support system from day one. And I, I do think a support system matters. So my, my parents have been there for me. They've supported me. They've never told me I couldn't do something. They've told me that's going to be hard. 
you're going to have to do a lot of work. But hey, if you're willing to do the work, you can do that. And that has made a huge, um, I think that kind of setting sets you up to accomplish big things in life. So I think it's had a huge impact on me as an individual. Um, The second person that I would say, Ooh, this is so hard. There's so many people that I want to list out that I'm like, Oh, I feel like I should have planned for just three individual people because I'm constantly inspired by people. I even say like when I'm having a losing season, because winning seasons can't last forever. We all go through losing seasons. That one of the biggest things I do is I go and watch my friends' successes. And my friends inspire me so much. Like I go look at them and when I find myself cheering them on, I suddenly feel like I'm winning too, but it's really their win, but it feels somehow like it's mine. I have so many amazing friends. Emily Loftus is a great friend of mine. She is a big inspiration because she refuses to accept anything that's not joyful. She, she knows things that aren't joyful happen, but she refuses to stay in that state and she's constantly finding pieces of joy in her life to focus on. So I'd say she's a huge inspiration. And then my business partner, um, Simon Harris is my business partner at Vita Street. And he's the one that I approached and said, I see what you're doing for other people. And I want to help you do it for yourself. And no kidding. Two weeks later, he moved across an ocean and said, teach me how. So that's, then that's courageous. Yeah, that is, that really is. Well, and I, I love that you you talk about your parents because uh, obviously they have a major impact on who you are subconsciously and the programs that you kind of tell yourself throughout life and your friends. I really want to stop for just a second and talk about how great this idea is that Laura just shared because it's it's another reason um, I would imagine why she is so happy and positive. So many people feel like they have to compare themselves to what somebody else is getting out of life. And if somebody is getting something different, then they feel like something's wrong with them, right? So uh, instead of celebrating the successes that other people are enjoying and being with them in those moments, uh, other people say, well, why isn't it me, right? Why, why don't I have that yet? And mm-hmm. I love that Laura shared that when she's uh, going through seasons, because I love that she mentioned this too, there's times and seasons in life, right? There's times when we're really winning and experiencing some great things, but part of life's experience is the challenges, the struggles, the things that help us to grow. And what Laura does is goes to people that she knows, her friends that are experiencing some form of success and celebrates with them. I love that. And I love that she mentioned her business partner who believed in her to be able to do what she's currently doing. Three uh, <laughs> great, great examples. Uh, thank you for sharing that. I want to ask you something that uh, I think will be really useful uh, for the for the listeners in their lives. And I hope everybody has a piece of paper and a pen out that they're taking some great notes because Laura is an exceptional individual to be able to learn from. And I say that because she has such a great perspective about how to get the most out of life. Uh, and so let's let's kind of talk about for just a second, what makes you different, right? Because a lot of people will come up against a brick wall or a challenge. They'll experience a failure mm-hmm. and then they'll say, oh man, like I really, really wanted this, but that was that was tough. And they, they decided to take a different path, right? Because they were stopped or they continued to fail. Maybe it wasn't one time or two, but they failed three or four times. And now they're saying, hey, this isn't for me. What What is it that's inside of you that allows you to be able to hit a wall and say, 
I don't care at all what I need to do. I'm going, <laughs> I'm going to be able to get where I'm going, whether that's becoming a CEO or writing a, a, a great book, uh, being on the Inc. 5000 four times, becoming a rocket from this girl of three years old. I, I, how, how do you do that? So I actually write about this in my book and it, it's twofold. One is that I like myself. And I think in today's society, so many people look at their phones and see highlight reels of other people, which I now know how to recognize as someone else's success and let me cheer them on and use that to my advantage. But people have become conditioned to think that they are less by looking at these highlight reels. And if you don't know how to look within and say, man, I'm incredible. You better figure it out. You better start liking yourself. And if you don't like yourself, figure out why not and fix it because no one can change you. Only you can change you. And the things that I, when I say I like myself, it doesn't mean that I like everything about myself. You know, like sometimes like today I look in the mirror and I go, girl, you look tired. Yeah, I do. <laughs> it's up all night with a sick toddler, but it doesn't mean that I don't overall like myself. I don't like, I like that I'm a mom that when my child's sick, I'm going to sit up and hold her and comfort her. I like that about myself. I find the things that I like about myself and the things that I don't, I actively work on improving. And I like that about myself. So I think it's wildly important because self-encouragement is an inside job. There's no getting around it. There, when I say I check off my list all day long, I get those dopamine hits. I give myself a little cheer. That's all internal. I'm not jumping up in the office so all my team can hear me yelling and saying, oh, I'm so incredible. It's internal. You know, when I finish my checklist at the end of the day, internally, I have this sense of pride that says, hey, you showed up and you did it again today. And then if I miss something on my list, I move it over to tomorrow. And I know I didn't get this done today, but tomorrow I will because I don't let myself down. But the other thing is that it's so easy to give up on yourself and feel discouraged when you see someone else do better. And the first time I experienced that, I was 16 years old. I was at a dance audition and there was a 12 year old there who was not old enough to even be hired who danced circles around me. And I let it get in my head. I let it get in my head. I couldn't tell my left foot from my right foot. It was like I had not done all the things in my life up to that day that I had done. And to this day, it was the only audition I ever walked out of. And the reason being is that I beat myself that day. That day, that 12-year-old didn't outdance me. I had this whole mental frame that I defeated myself. Mm. And I sat in my mom's car that day, and I remember bawling my eyes out because I was so disappointed in myself and saying, I will never do that again. And that, that's kind of when things just kind of clicked. And I thought, I'm not going to be jealous of anyone else. I'm not going to feel inferior to anyone else. I'm going to look at them and learn from them what I can. I actually learned a lot from that 12 year old that day, you know, at, at 16, you feel like you're supposed to know so much and that a 12 year old could never teach you anything. And yet what I realized is that one she didn't just have her all talent. She had perfected that talent at only 12. She's actually still dancing on Broadway to this day. She's incredible. Um, wow. But yeah, I, 
I stopped letting people intimidate me and started looking to them for inspiration and got out of my own way. Great advice, Laura. Thank you so much. Um, for the people that are listening right now, because that's a with social media and everything that we have going on, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, Snapchat, I mean, there's everything, right? Uh, everything. All around us, TV, right? So mm -hmm. what, what would be three pieces of advice you would give to someone who's trying to learn how to love him or herself, right? And to try to put off this idea of comparison, because just like you said, it's funny. People will look at me and be like, oh my gosh, he's the, he's so lucky or whatever it is for my Instagram, but I'm a person, I have bad days. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and people tell me the same thing. Like you're always so positive. And I, I, I try my best to constantly be as positive and happy and optimistic as I can, but I have hard days too. I have days Absolutely. that are really, right? like really challenging. Uh, what, what would you say to people to help them recognize that they are special, they're valuable, they're important, and that they they can love themselves. I'd say the first thing until you get to that point, stay off social media. Social media can it has a purpose and it can be great for us, but it can also be very damaging. So if you aren't where you can see the value in social media, get off of it. If you have a hard time doing that, there are programs and plugins that you can download and put on your devices that will limit the amount of time or completely completely lock you out of social media use them. The next thing I would say is when you aren't feeling great about yourself, go help other people. I, love I tell that. this to my daughter when advice. she's having a bad day and we talk about it on the way to school. And, you know, sometimes we're just in a bad mood and we don't really know why we wake up that way. And it's really funny. Like when you watch a two-year-old be in such a bad mood and they don't know why. And she'll say from me, like she knows how to, to say she's in her feelings <laughs> she's just feeling it all. She doesn't know why. And so I talk about like, let's be helpful at school today. Let's help out our teachers. Let's hug our friends. Let's do the things that we can. And she'll tell me when she gets home, mama, I hugged Lauren. Mommy, I did this. I helped Miss Angelina with this. And she's proud by the time she comes home because she went and helped out other people. And as adults, there are so many ways that we can help other people that there's no reason not to. And if that doesn't make you feel like, hey, I showed up in life today, I don't know what will. Um, and the third thing that I would say is know what brings you joy. And maybe that's having a dinner with your friends. Maybe that's going for a run. Working out does release endorphins that make you feel happy. So maybe that is going for a run or working out. Or maybe that's that you enjoy taking your dog on a walk or sitting at the beach. Whatever brings you joy, intentionally incorporate it into your daily routine. Three uh, great ideas uh, to enjoy life a whole lot more. And I, I uh, appreciate what Laura just shared. I, I think too, along with what she just talked about, there's this fulfillment formula right in life and it's gratitude, growth, and giving. If someone is struggling in life in any way, they can be grateful for all of the things that they have. I was at the gym the other day and I saw a woman wheeling herself out of the gym who couldn't use her legs. And I was thinking, man, that's something I take for granted um, yeah. every day. Right? Like the fact that I get to walk and run and do uh, all these wonderful things with my family. It's I, I watched her open the back of this van and kind of hoist herself out of her chair and get inside of that, man, that's something to be truly grateful for that she doesn't mm -hmm. get to experience. Um, and then growth, I love the idea kind of as a, 
theme for this uh, meeting we've had today of just being willing to push through challenges and progress and become better. And then giving, which speaks very much uh, so to your second point, right? That you give to your daughter. If they're ha- if, if she's having a bad day, it's like, let's find some people that we can go help. There's an individual I just love and look up to. He's passed away now. His name was Neil Maxwell, but he says, when you're not on your own cross, you should be at the foot of somebody else's. And I love that because in life, that's, I mean, that's the way that it, it goes. We're either going through something hard or we can help other people that are going through things that that are hard. And that brings a lot of, uh, a lot of fulfillment. Thank you for those answers. I uh, really, really appreciate it. I'm going to ask you uh, two more questions. It's been such a, um, a treat to have you on the show today, Laura. Thank you so much for being here. So, so much. I, I know the, the listeners have been able to learn a ton from you. So really appreciate it. What, what piece you. of advice? You're welcome. You're very, very welcome. Um, what piece of advice would you give your 20 year old self? If you could go back and chat with her. Patience. That's I would great. say be patient. You're working your plan. It's all going to work out. Um, you know, I mentioned social media many times. For, and I think because people instantly want to feel, you know, that hit of joy or that hit of dopamine that says this is good. But at, at 20, we're all rushing. We're rushing so fast. And we feel oh. like we need all these things that other people have told us are successful. This is what success is. This is what you're supposed to do. This is the path you're supposed to to go. And I think especially at 20, in my twenties, I would have said, be patient. All the things you know, you won't will come. You're, you're working your plan. And I think I also would have said, make some mistakes, you know, like intentionally make some mistakes. You're 20, make some, make some mistakes and see what you other paths show up because of your mistakes. Great. Yeah. It's great advice. I think for, for me, uh, I struggled big time with this idea of perfectionism as a kid. Mm-hmm always feeling like I had to be doing things just, yes. just right all the time. And mm-hmm. I could not agree more with that sentiment, right? Like the, the idea of it's, it's okay. If you fail, um, it's okay. If you're, um, wanting to learn something and it doesn't happen just right. Um, a child will fall over 60 times within one hour as they're learning how to walk. And I love, um, I'm a big fan of Jesus and he says like, we should be like little kids. Right. And I, it's, it's a mm-hmm. great idea because these kids don't care how many times they fail or fall they get themselves right back up and they are absolutely committed, right? To learning how to do something. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks what's going on. They, they're going to learn it. And it's such a great way to be able to live life. And so thank you for that. If you could, uh, if you could be remembered for, for one thing in your life, what would it be? For one thing in my life. Oh, there's so many things. Um, I'd, l- I'd like to be remembered for fully showing up for being fully present. That's great. How come? Because I think so many people become robotic in their lives. They go through the motions. They think I have to get up and go to this job and they lose just a sense of pride in doing a, a job, you know, as, as good as one can. There's, there should be pride in that. doesn't matter what your job is. Did you show up and did you do it to the, your, the best of your ability? That's awesome. There is no job that I think that is beneath me. I don't think anyone should feel that a job is beneath them. Did you give it your best today? Man, that's awesome. So cool. So living living life with intention, like in everything that you do, not just doing it as a rote a groundhog day thing. I think right. that's, that's a powerful idea. 
Thank you so much again for being here. I learned so much. I uh, loved what you had to share. I'm so excited to be able to read your book. Is it? Uh, I love being able to read uh, hard copies and Audible. Is it on Audible yet? No, we didn't do an Audible version. And that's probably a little bit because of me, because I can't listen to an audiobook. <laughs> I know I'm a weirdo. Um, <laughs> no, I, no the hard copies are great. I love being able to mark them up and take notes. That's stellar. Yeah, we have, we have the ebook and the hard copy. Cool. I love it. So everybody go pick up Laura Castleman's book, Trust Your Increment. She's an uh, incredible individual to be able to learn from. Again, her uh, best place to learn more about Laura is laurelcastleman.com, correct? Correct. Awesome. 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 Well, thank you for being on the show. We appreciate you so much. Thank you. It's been a joy to join you. You are full of so much information and everything I said, you had something that made it even better. I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. Thank you very, very much.